Welcome to the formerly LDS Popcorn Talk, now Latter-day Saint Warrior of God podcast. This update is still going to be hosted by Brother Sampson, yours truly. I hope you enjoy and feel strengthened after every episode. Welcome to the new Latter-day Saint Warrior of God podcast. I am your host, as always, Brother Samson. Now, let me tell you and give a little introduction to this new and rising venture that I have. As I have been studying the scriptures and listening to conference talks and all of these things that we're supposed to do as often as I possibly can, I realized something. Am I a true warrior of God? Do I fight his battles? Am I ready to fight his battles if they actually do become physical instead of just spiritual? Am I ready to defend my family, my fellow church members, my fellow countrymen if necessary? Am I ready to stand up and say to those who would oppress our faith, our beliefs, and say, bring it on, we will take you down. For our faith will not be squashed. And I literally looked myself in the mirror and said, nope, I'm not ready. I am not ready at all. So I decided to go on this venture, this endeavor, that will include more reading, more studying, more praying, more pondering, but it will also include more exercise, more training, more honing of skills for survival, physical survival. I believe President Nelson said something not that long ago that not only should we be nourishing our spirit, but we should be nourishing our bodies. We should be healthy physically, mentally, and spiritually. And that got me thinking, okay, this is secular man here just spouting out some words. If this old man could probably outrun me, and it's not probably, he could outrun me. He is healthier than me. Who am I to say that I am truly following his advice? Who am I to say that I am following the prophet of God in these days? So, recently, just a couple weeks ago and just the other day, I'm at work. I have a new job. It's very physical, physically demanding and everything. I have to be strong. I have to be able to lift and move and carry and throw and everything. And I have this big scale at work that we measure pallets of stuff to see how much it weighs, to know exactly how much we have left, or hey, if I've done something with this pallet, how much do I, how much did I use out of that pallet? And I decided, hey, I'm going to jump on it. A couple weeks ago, I jump on it, I look at the number, I'm like, wow, <laughs> I've gained almost 30 pounds. I am a big fat guy. <laughs> I mean, I've always been a bigger guy, but I let myself go. So just in this hot summer in a factory with no AC, lifting these things, throwing these things, I probably gained more weight than I thought. And I was actually seeing a losing trend because I had been doing it for about a month. 
now, just in the past two weeks, granted, I've changed my eating habits a little bit, and that's, you know, not by choice, it was by necessity as to our current situation in my family. Uh, my wife and kids are now in Colorado, and I'm living out of a camper at a campsite while I'm waiting for remodel stuff to be done in our new house. So, here I am, eating out of cans, or eating basically one meal a day. Um, you know, that's not all that healthy, but at the same time, it's retraining my body um, to take in smaller portions and proper portions instead of the gorging myself with food. Um, it's been hard, but it's been worth it. I'm not feeling drained or anything like that. It's just, it feels like my body's regulating. So now come to this week and just the other day, I jumped on that scale again. I'm just out of curiosity. It's been a couple weeks. Why not? All right. I'm down a little over 10 pounds. All right. Good. Hey, I'm on the downward trend. But... The thing about this that really strikes me is that this body that we have, this body that we've been given and blessed with, is supposed to be a temple for our spirits, right? And I've trashed my temple. I allowed my temple to be filled with toxins, to be filled with disgust, and therefore my emotional state is incorrect. Everything follows that. Even my spiritual has followed with my body. And so that new venture that I announced a little while ago is starting. And here I am. I know I'm going to hit a plateau. I know that's going to happen just doing work stuff and different diet. So I know that I'm going to have to get weights or get into a gym if one opens up around me. Because as we all know, with COVID-19, most of them aren't open. And if they are, it's one to two people in there at a time. Well, guess what? All these people who have been waiting for these gyms to open are clamoring for a chance to get in. So I'm going to improvise. I have things that I can lift that go along with my Highland game stuff. So I can do that. Um, but I digress. Let's get back to the physical being part of the spiritual. Because this experience in life is supposed to lead us to being just like our Heavenly Father. With a body. Glorified. All, all of these things. That, that was the goal in the pre-mortal existence. I want to be like him. That should be our goal now. We want to be just like him. I want to be just like him. Now, as for the armor of God, let's talk real armor here. Yes, in the movies you see really big guys fighting in wars and putting on armor and possibly struggling with putting on the armor that they're being issued because, you know, it doesn't fit. So, let's think about the spiritual armor of God as we put on each piece. Is there something blocking it? Is there something in the way? Is there some toxin of anger? Anxiety? Um, depression, judgment. How about shame? Is there something in your life that holds you back from putting on one piece of God, one piece of the armor of God? We need every piece. And we'll go into each individual piece later on in this episode. But think about it. If you watch these, okay, 
LARPers, so live action role playing guys or girls, they make their stuff to fit them. But an army only has up to a certain size. So if you're over that size, you're squeezing in and it doesn't fit right. So it won't protect you right. I got to tell you, there's pro there's a picture out there on Facebook of me wearing a um, basic uh, chest vest, uh, a vest f that is designed for the military for carrying extra magazines for rifles and other stuff. And what you can see in that picture is my big old belly hanging out the bottom. It doesn't look right. It doesn't fit. I mean, it fit. I made it fit, but it doesn't fit properly. And that's a piece of the armor of the current military. Now, let's go back to the Roman ages when Christ was around and when Paul wrote the epistle that talked about putting on the full armor of God. These were made by blacksmiths. I mean, th these metal armor pieces were made by blacksmiths. They didn't measure you. They didn't ask, oh, what's your waist and your hip size? Oh, what's your chest size? No, they mass produced this armor. And if you didn't fit in that armor, you were vulnerable. Now, this doesn't just go for the spiritual stuff. This also goes for the physical. If your family was being hunted down, and yes, I'm mainly talking to the men right, <clears throat> to the men right now, but if your family was being hunted down because you are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, would you be able to turn and fight and let your family flee? Or would you be able to flee with your family? Or, and this is the bad one, would you not be able to do anything and your family come to harm? Or be captured? Unfortunately, this world is going a little topsy-turvy again. Unfortunately, we stand at the precipice of revelation. Christ said, my people will be persecuted. My people will be jailed. My people will be killed for my namesake. That was a prophecy. Now, it may come to that in the future, it could be tomorrow. It could be decades or centuries from now. We don't know when that may happen again. But we do know that it's going to happen. Yes, we are persecuted, you know, by mocking. Or we can't get into certain countries and proselyte. We can't, you know, even have a church in certain countries. So yeah, we're a little persecuted. But think about how the saints who came and started out with Joseph Smith and started that trek across America, how they were persecuted. Guess what? It's going to happen again. And we need to be ready. Now, I'm not calling for a Mormon militia or anything like that. I'm not calling for anybody to rise up and form a group of people to be a militia. What I am asking you to do is search your own heart, your soul, and your mind and ask yourself these hard questions. And as you do, I will too. I've already answered, I know I would not be able to fight very well. I may be a pretty good shot with a rifle if it came down to it, but... I also need to be physically fit in dire situations. And I need to have my spirit right 
and my mind right in dire situations as well. We need more Captain Moroni's. We need more armies of Helaman. We need more stripling warriors. We need more Davids. We need more men and women to be able to rise up and say, we are ready physically, spiritually, mentally. I hope this 15, 16 minutes doesn't scare you away from the rest of the episode or for the rest of the podcasts to come. I really hope that you join me in this journey. Keep on listening. Keep on pondering. Keep on praying. Keep on working out. Keep on eating right. Let's do this together. Let's rise up and be the men and women that God needs us to be and that the world needs us to be and that our children need us to be. Keep on listening. More to come on this episode. All right. So y'all have heard now the first segment of this episode and the things that I talked about are very near and dear to my heart right now. And the situations that we're coming into are terrifying and everything else. And I will stand by what I said. We need to rise up. So how do we rise up? First, we stand. We stand for something. But, who else said that we needed to stand? That would be plenty of people. (laughs) But more specifically, I wanted to talk to you about some letters that were written back in the New Testament era. And that would be the epistles of Paul. And we're going to go to Ephesians on this episode. And we're going to talk about the armor of God. So, here we are in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 13. And I will read and we'll discuss everything about these verses about the armor of God. Verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Verse 14. Stand, therefore. Let's stop right there. So, what did I say? We need to first stand. Just as Paul said, it's the very first thing we need to do. On the armor of God, we have to stand. If you were putting on armor back in the Roman Empire, you had to stand up. There was no sitting down and getting on some leggings or pulling a shirt over your head and all of that stuff. You stood. Because once you got on that armor, you stayed standing. How does that truly affect us in this sense, though? Why is standing so important for us? Because everything takes steps in our lives and in our spiritual lives as well, our our physical and spiritual, everything takes a first step and that's to stand. Whether it be standing and questioning or standing to get over to a particular weight or bench or anything else like that, standing and moving forward coincide. Because you're not going to get anywhere if you continue to sit. You're not going to move. 
So, brothers and sisters, we first must stand. Continuing on in verse 14, Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So let's go back to loins girt about with truth. So first we stand, we prepare. And now we put on truth. So loins girt about. Well, think about that. The first piece of armor you want to put on because while you're now standing is your leg armor. Okay. In the Roman Empire, it was the, um, I don't remember exactly what it's called, but this is what Paul is talking about. He was a, he was a Roman. He was within the Roman Empire. So he'd see these men in the armor. So their loins, which was their pelvic area, had the um, kind of tassel-looking leather-studded with metal armor, right? If we go into medieval ages, and more so like the knights that you think of, when most people think armor, they think of knights. Their whole set of leg armor was pretty much one piece and it was all put together with leather and everything else and it would also cover the pelvic area as well so you're girding your loins about with truth this can be construed also even further into chastity but we're not going to go there right now we're going to stick with just truth so what is truth what is your truth what is the truth of the gospel? Well, we all know what the truth is of the gospel. If you're listening to this podcast, you already know the truth. And if you're listening and you don't know the truth or you're seeking out the truth, let me tell you what the truth is. That the same church that Christ set up while he was on this earth is set up in these, the latter days. There are prophets, there are apostles, we have teachers. We have everything. And the main truth about this is Jesus Christ. He is the central truth. He died for our sins. He atoned for our sins so that we may one day return to him and our Heavenly Father. That is the truth that we know, that we love, and will also protect us. Next, we have the breastplate of righteousness. So after you have stood and prepared yourself and you put on truth, now you must put on righteousness. So a breastplate. Now, there are many different versions of breastplates. The Romans had a single, well, it was a two-piece breastplate. It covered the front, it covered the back. Medieval era, you had multiple different styles. You had full plate armor, which was similar to the Romans, but it also covered your arms. And then you have plate armor that was all one piece, and it was basically a jacket that you would put on, but it was smaller plates surrounding it so that you had more free movement. And then there's other variations out there. I mean, you can look at all the history textbook and everything else. But why is righteousness the breastplate? Well, after you have found the truth and you use the truth, you will become righteous. You'll follow the commandments, you'll do what you're supposed to do, and you will be righteous. And that protects your heart. One of the main organs in our body that helps us live is our heart. But also, in the gospel, our heart is key. In the Old Testament, 
in Ecclesiastes, Jehovah says, I will take the stony heart and turn it to flesh. So as we learn the truth and we put on that righteousness, our hearts are softened to hearing the promptings of the Spirit. So we are even more protected now. So we have truth and we have righteousness. And those are two of the biggest pieces. Outside of first standing up, the two biggest pieces of armor are now truth and righteousness. So how important are those? Pretty darn important. Continuing on in the scriptures. Verse 15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So, now that we have our lower body covered and our upper body covered, now we have to cover our feet. But more importantly, they must be shod in the preparation of the gospel of peace. So what does that mean? Well, history shows that the Roman soldiers, who were very famous for their battle tactics, also had one sneaky little piece that made it so that they were almost immovable. And that was their footwear. Much like the modern sportsmen, football players, baseball players, soccer, or, well, that may be considered actual football, and American football would be the former that I mentioned, for those of you listening in from other countries. All of these athletes wear cleats. These were the first cleats. The armor that they wore had spikes on the bottom of their footwear. Why? Because when they came up on the line and the enemies were crashing against them, those spikes would be dug into the ground to help them stay steady, stay forward, and be able to withstand all the bashing that came from the enemy. So why is it that we need to have our feet shod in the preparation of the gospel of peace? Well, think about it. So we've already got the truth and we've got the righteousness going for us. But if we were to be able to be caught unprepared, we could be pushed back. And therefore, that breastplate and those and the loins girt about with truth would be useless to us because now we're on the ground. Now we are vulnerable. So, we need to understand the gospel and know how much it holds us firm. Take your truth, take your righteousness, and put it within the gospel. Because otherwise, it is useless. And you will fall. Back to the scriptures. Verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So, we've learned truth. We've gained righteousness. We've shot our feet now in the preparation of the gospel of peace. And now we take up the shield of faith. I think it's interesting. Our church and the way that we use the atonement is first is faith. But why? Why is it that faith is first in the gospel that we teach, but in Paul's letter, he says, faith 
is next. It's what? Stand, legs, breast, feet. And then fifth is faith. Well, you can be taught the truth. You can be taught how to stand. You can be taught how to be righteous. You can be taught the gospel. But what's truly going to make all of this worth it is utilizing your faith in all of those things. So now, a Roman, going back to Paul's imagery of this, a Roman shield was called a, uh, I, well, I use this term, it may be called something else, so if there are any history buffs out there listening to this, I apologize if I got it wrong. But it's a tower shield. This shield would cover from the ground up to their shoulders. Or at least very close to. And it would cover their width too. So when arrows were shot, which is the fiery darts, you know, they would actually light their arrows on fire and shoot them. Would be stopped by the shields because it covered them it fully covered them so this faith that you have this action that you're taking in doing all of these things is fully covering you and protecting you that is why he leaves it to there because he's teaching all these people through these letters the Ephesians, the Galatians, I, all of them. All of the truth, he's teaching them how to be righteous. He's teaching them how the gospel. But now they have to take up their own faith. They have to take up this shield and place it in front of them to keep them safe. Back to the scriptures, verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation. Pause there. The helmet of salvation. So now that you're acting on your faith, you know that as you put on that helmet to protect your head, your mind, your thoughts, you are now gaining salvation. You are receiving salvation through the atonement of Christ. By acting on all these things. For those of you that are not members of the church. And you believe in the phrase that all you have to do is give yourself to Christ. And you will be saved. I'll tell you this much. If you think that we don't believe that, you're wrong. We do believe that we have to give ourselves to Christ. And believe in him to be saved. But there is still an action. And that is actually believing and putting on salvation and righteousness and faith and truth and the gospel. We do believe that only salvation can come through Christ. Finally, back to the scriptures again. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, there's one more verse that I want to read, but first I want to touch on this. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So now that you are fully protected, you can defend, you can take away those fiery darts. You are an impenetrable force. So why is an offensive weapon added into this? Let me tell you my personal thoughts on this. I don't know exactly what Paul was talking about or what he was thinking when he said this. I, I, I'm sorry, when he wrote this. But my thoughts on it are, when the enemies of God come against us, 
when Satan comes to attack us. We need to know the word of God and listen to the spirit to fight back. Because we may be able to defend and defend and defend and just take the beatings. But until we fight back, as Christ did when he was tempted by Lucifer himself, with the word of God, that is when we will win the battle and ultimately the war. Believe it or not, we are at war. And believe it or not, we do have to be not just on the defense, but also on the offense. We have to fight. We have to move forward. We have to cut through our enemies and cut through the deception, cut through the persecution. So as we block with our faith, we reach out with the word of God and the spirit. Missionaries see it every day. I saw it as a missionary every day. There are experiences that I have had that I do not share with very many people. They're very near and dear to my heart. And they were very special to me. And I needed to experience those things. But I saw the spirit, the sword, cut through evil. I saw it cut through persecution. And reach hearts that had been turned to stone. So use that sword. But make sure you are ready to use it in the proper fashion. Finally, verse 18. Wrapping it all up. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. for all saints. We put on the whole armor of God, not just for ourselves, but for all the saints of God. Those past, present, and future. As I said before, we live in a time that we're watching the world go into turmoil. I don't watch the news very often right now. But when I catch glimpses of it, I see these things. And honestly, they scare me. My wife and kids are in Colorado right now, and I spoke to my wife just a little while ago. And she said how the world in Colorado has pretty much changed. Denver has completely changed. And all I could think was, man, I'm glad we got out of there. Because things are going in a dark way. And I know that where we are at is where we're supposed to be. We must pray always and be ready. We must always be moving forward, standing up, having the truth, the righteousness, 
the gospel, our faith, our salvation, and the spirit. All of those mixed with prayer. Make it so that we can stand as warriors, men and women, ready to do battle in the name of God. Ready to face all those that would oppose us. Ready to face all the persecution, all the hardships. And we are led by one of the greatest generals. And that is Jesus Christ. He is our king. He is our general. So we must heed unto his words. We must do as he would do. Speak as he would speak. Now some of you may be listening to this and saying, well, you're not speaking as he would speak. You're being very abrupt. You're very, being very blunt and kind of, you know, brash. Let me remind you of Christ in the temple. When he saw all the money changers, people selling things in the temple, on the temple grounds. There are two stories. One where he walked in and just started flipping tables. And another, now mind you, I don't know if these were both the same. I do need to do some more research on that. But another story is he sat there patiently. I would, my thought process is it's two separate. And this is why. He sat patiently. All of them saw him walk in. And he sits down and starts braiding a whip. He braids it by hand and then chases them away. And let me tell you something else. We know that Jesus Christ is Jehovah, the God of the Old Testament. Was he not brash and brazen? Did he not level Sodom and Gomorrah? There are times for turning the other cheek. I have done it. I'm sure you all have done it. But there are also times where you sell your cloak to buy a sword. There are times where you have to be brash. I mean, we see it all the time. Elder Holland is one of the most direct apostles I have ever heard. His speech is so direct that it hits you in a way that makes you wonder and think, am I living the gospel? Am I doing all that I can? So yes, I will be brash. I will be brazen. I will be forthright when it comes to these things. Because the fact of the matter is... Not everything is sunshine and rainbows. Whatever face you put on, that's fine. Trust me, I put on faces every day. I put on a different mask for every situation. For work, I put on my work mask. For church, I put on my smile. For my children, I put on the happy-go-lucky dad. And sometimes that also becomes the disciplinary dad. For my wife, I try to put on the mask of pure love at all times. Sometimes it falls off and I show a side of me that I don't like. Things that I'm changing. Things that I'm trying to be better at. And that goes with my kids too. And that goes with church as well. And that goes with everything. 
but that is part of my personal change in this endeavor of becoming a better warrior of God. I love this gospel. No matter how many times I have walked away, no matter how many times I have fallen off and sinned, I look to my Master, my Redeemer, and my Savior, and say, please help me to be a better man than I was before. Let me be one of your soldiers. Let me be the man you want me to be. Help me. I'll do what I can, but I need your help. That is my prayer every day. Some days are better than others, where I say, today I felt like I was a better man today than I was yesterday. And other days it's, I really fell off the mark. I fell way short of the mark today and I need your help. I need you to help me. So brothers and sisters, going back to the mask, I want to say this. If all you do is put on a mask in a show, please don't. I beg you to stop putting on the show and the mask. Be who you are. Be honest with yourself and those around you. Because I can guarantee you as soon as you are yourself around others, you will find that there are others that are in the exact same situation and will help you whether they have been through it and have gone past it or are going through it currently and can help you by just being someone that's there for you as you can be there for them. You are not terminally unique in your situation. And I use that phrase and I have heard it on another podcast. But it falls in everything. You are not terminally unique. If you're having a faith crisis of faith, someone else I can guarantee you has had a crisis of faith. Everybody has had a crisis of faith. If you have not had a crisis of faith, I applaud you. Because let me tell you, I have had many. And it is hard to go through alone. So be yourself. Be honest with those around you. Be honest with your bishop or branch president. Be honest with your elders quorum president. Be honest with your Relief Society president. Believe it or not, they are more than willing to help you. And if they are not, then there is someone that will be willing to help you. The armor of God is our personal steps to move forward and to be strong. I challenge you to do something. Something that you should do every day. Something that I'm trying to do every day. And that is first stand. Put on truth. Read your scriptures. Read a talk. Listen to a talk. Listen to the scriptures. Because that will put truth on you. 
put on righteousness. Do your best to follow the commandments that day and every day. Prepare yourself in the gospel. Pick a gospel topic, learn about it, and follow it. Pick up your faith. Move forward with that shield. Put on salvation. Remember the atonement. And how no matter what, it's always there for you. And then allow yourself to hold the hilt of the sword of the Spirit. Listen to it. Follow its promptings. And finally, pray. And remember, you don't do this just for yourself, but you do this for all the saints. Because together we are strong. Divided, we are weak. Thank you for following me in this endeavor. I hope and pray that this episode and my future episodes and past episodes have at least touched one heart and maybe inspired one person. And if it only reaches one person and inspires one person, I will still jump for joy. Because I received a prompting to keep moving forward with a podcast that I thought there's no way anybody would listen to. So thank you for listening. And always go forward and believe in Christ. Thank you for listening to the Latter-day Saint Warrior of God podcast. Just a couple things. If you like what you're listening to and you want to jump over and take a look at the Facebook page, maybe ask some questions, post something there. You can find us at LDS Warrior of God podcast on Facebook. Or you can send us an email at the priesthood forge at gmail.com if you'd like to just say hello or if you'd like to send us any ideas on what we could do for an episode or if you are someone who would like to be involved in the episodes please jump over to facebook or our email and send us a message i will be more than happy to respond personally and talk with you and see what we can do to get you on the podcast or to jump into a conversation or a question. All of our episodes, if a question is asked, will feature that question after it has been asked. Thank you so much again. I hope you guys have a wonderful day.